Hello and welcome to Talking Eye Opinions. I am Anthony Livingston Hall. Today I am talking about Wesleyan University. It got lots of media coverage this week for declaring its intent to end legacy admissions and it's getting near universal praise for doing so. As the New York Times reported on Tuesday, many are hailing this as a grand concession. They see ending legacy admissions as an enlightened and equitable response to last month's Supreme Court decision ending affirmative action. I, however, see it as a sleight of hand. For starters, Wesleyan is not even among the first elite universities to end legacy admissions. Amherst did two years ago, and Johns Hopkins way back in 2009. That's why, instead of hailing Wesleyan, we should be asking why it took the Supreme Court ending affirmative action for Wesleyan to do the right thing. After all, we spent decades countering efforts to end affirmative action for poor black folks by demanding an end to legacy admissions for rich white folks. I have commented on this point counterpoint in many blog commentaries, most notably in Varsity Blues Expose Deviant Strain of Affirmative Action for Rich White Students on March 14, 2019, and the Supreme Court has no legal reason to end affirmative action, but its political reason is compelling. On November 1, 2022. Of course, colleges like Wesleyan had been practicing legacy admissions for over 150 years. And nobody ever questioned whether legacy applicants were as qualified as non-legacy applicants. <laughs> but this practice exacerbated social inequality by systematically crowding out blacks, Hispanics and other minorities. The result was not just lily-white college campuses, but lily-white corporate offices too. Then along came the Civil Rights Movement, which forced the government to enact affirmative action in the early 1970s to end race discrimination in hiring. That prompted colleges to implement it to end race discrimination in admissions. Except that reports abound, showing that white women benefited most. The headline for a June 17, 2013 report in Time magazine, said it all. It read, Affirmative action has helped white women more than anyone. The prevailing point, though, is that colleges practiced legacy admissions for 150 years, but affirmative action for only 50. That disparity alone reeks of systemic racism, 
and that rich white woman benefited most from a program designed to benefit poor black folks only reinforced the presumption of white privilege inherent in all government policies. Even so, I commend colleges for ending legacy admissions, but it's self-evident that doing so, especially in this willy-nilly volitional fashion, will not compensate for the Supreme Court ending affirmative action with one sweeping mandatory decision. Moreover, I submit that these colleges are pulling a sleight of hand because there's another legacy scheme for rich white folks that offends even more than legacy admissions. It's legacy donations. <laughs> that, of course, is the open and notorious way rich folks donate millions to the endowment funds of elite colleges to buy admissions for their dumb kids. <laughs> Exhibit A is the way Jared Kushner's daddy bought his admission to Harvard. Most elite colleges, like Wesleyan, are private non-profit institutions. As such, they rely on exorbitant tuition fees and generous alumni donations to fund their educational programs. Those fees and donations compose their endowments. Harvard tops the list of 500 colleges with an endowment of $50.9 billion. Wesleyan is number 53 with $1.5 billion. And just as a point of interest, my college, Williams, is number 23 with $3.5 billion. But the donation's the thing that establishes an unwritten compact between donor and institution that becomes intergenerational. Hence my term, legacy donations. And, lo and behold, who do you think the vast majority of donors to these endowments are? <laughs> You guessed it, the same rich white folks who always benefited from legacy admissions. And you can bet your life savings that the acceptance rate at these institutions for the children of donors, whether alumni or not, is much higher than it is for the children of alumni who are not donors. <laughs> After all... A school rejecting the child of a donor would be a classic case of biting the hand that feeds you. That's why it smacked of cynical self-righteousness for Wesleyan President Michael Roth to make such a show not just of ending legacy admissions, but of exhorting other schools to do so too. On the other hand, large endowments allow colleges to diversify their student bodies by meeting 100% of the financial needs of poor, non-white applicants. And many were already doing so before the court ended affirmative action. After all, many donors themselves see socially redeeming value in funding diversity 
equality and inclusion in institutions of higher learning. Ah, but there's the rub. The more schools rely on donations to sustain and grow their endowment funds, the more preference in admissions they must give to the children of donors. That's the Faustian bargain that explains legacy donations. Still, the end of affirmative action is bound to decrease college admissions for historically disadvantaged and first-generation applicants. And that will be the case especially at public schools, like the University of California, Berkeley, the University of Virginia, and the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor. So here's to private schools, like Wesleyan, Harvard and Williams doing all they can to compensate. They can do so by rejecting more white legacy applicants whose parents are not donors in order to accept more minority applicants. After all, it's easy to end legacy admissions if the only alumni adversely affected are those who don't contribute much, if anything, to the school's endowment fund. That's it. Subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcasts. And for thought-provoking commentaries, often laced with humor, I invite you to visit my blog at www.ipjn.com Thank you for listening and until the next Talking Opinions Goodbye